0: Alright, if you have your Bibles this morning, turn to 2 Kings. We're going to be reading out of chapter 2 this morning. We're going to be talking about a man named Elijah and another one called Elisha. These are two of the greatest... Uh, prophets, Um, God used them to do some mighty things, and we want to look at this little brief portion of their life right right here this morning. 2 Kings chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 1. And it came to pass, when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not live, leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel came, unto, came forth to Elisha and said unto him, knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he said, Yea, I know it. Hold your peace. And Elijah said unto him, Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Jericho. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho. And the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elisha and said unto him, "'Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today?' And he answered, "'Yea, I know it. Hold your peace.' And Elijah said unto him, "Tarry, I pray thee here, for the Lord hath sent me to Jordan.' And he said, "'As the Lord liveth, and thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee.' And they too went on. And fifty men of the sons of the prophets went, and stood to view afar off. And they too stood by Jordan." And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters, and they were divided hither and thither, so that they too went over on dry ground. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing, nevertheless... If thou see me, when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee, but if not, it shall not be so. Now, <clears throat> that was a lot of reading, a lot to take in, but what I want to talk to you this morning about is diligence. We've kind of touched on this a couple times over the past few weeks, but let me define diligence for you. It's Constant effort to accomplish what is undertaken. Now, from this reading, you can see that Elisha was determined to go with Elijah. It didn't matter what happened. It didn't matter what Elijah said to him. He was—he had done made his mind up. He was going with him and he was going to see this thing through. <clears throat> now, if you do a little reading, you'll see that Elisha, Elijah and Elisha already knew that this event was going to take place. Now, it doesn't really tell us exactly how they came to know this. If you go on a read, you'll see that uh, a chariot of fire picked up Elijah and then a whirlwind took him to heaven. So Elisha received a double portion of the spirit that Elijah had. Now, diligence. You know, it would have been real easy for Elisha to walk with him to that first town and decide that was enough. And I did a little looking. These two men probably walked somewhere in the neighborhood about 16 miles that day. That's a lot of walking. You know, I realized that That was probably the main method of transportation back in those days, so they were probably used to walking, but that's a pretty good way to walk with somebody. What was it that that made Elisha decide that it was worth that walk? Well, you know, I I got to thinking about this, and I, I decided that Elisha was kind of a student, if you will, of Elijah. He was... Elijah was kind of his teacher and mentor. He was somebody that Elisha looked up to. Um, So I think he probably, since he knew that Elijah was going to be going away, he wanted to be sure to get everything he could out of this guy. Now, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, he was trying to just take in everything he could before he was gone. Now, how many of y'all have ever had a family member or, you know, a grandfather or grandmother or something like that that was near death, and you just want to kind of hear hear those old stories from them? You want to hear about their childhood and, and all your other family that they may have known about that you didn't. You know, before they die, you just want to kind of take that in. Because you know there's going to come a point where you're separated from them And you won't have access to it anymore. Now as a student, Elisha realized that Elijah had something that he wanted. He had a portion of the Holy Spirit that he needed, that he wanted, that he didn't have himself. You know, from my own experiences, I found out, that in order to receive that portion of the Holy Spirit that you need or desire in your own life, it doesn't come easily. You know, God will give it to anybody that desires it, but a lot of times He wants to try you a little bit to see how serious you are. You know, you might look upon this little event that we read about here as as kind of a test for Elisha. Maybe it was that Elijah really wanted him to go with him all the way, but he was going to see how serious he was. And when it came down to the end, where he had proven himself diligent, he asked him, what do you want? What is it that you're wanting from me? Why are you hanging in there so much? What is it that your heart desires? And Elijah, I mean, Elisha told him that he wanted a double portion of that spirit that he had. You know, that's that's kind of a hard... Elijah even told him, he said, that's a hard thing that you ask for. Said, You're asking me to give you something that I don't have myself. I, it's not mine to give to you. But what Elisha was asking for was not that Elijah give it to him, but that Elijah would pray to God for him on his behalf. He knew where he was about to be. He was about to be in the presence of God. So, what did Elijah say? He didn't say, I'll give it to you. He said, All right. As a sign, I'm going to do my part. If it's God's will that you receive that double portion, then you'll see me as I'm leaving. If it's not, then you won't see me. Now, have y'all ever y'all ever prayed like that? It's okay to pray like that. There's another man that I can't remember right now what his name was, but he uh he laid a mantle, which was a something they would cover themselves with, and just exact just like Elijah parted the waters of the Jordan River with his mantle, it was kind of a Thing they would wrap around themselves. This man laid his mantle out when he was praying. He prayed and he asked God, He said, God, if it be your will for whatever he was praying for, when I wake up in the morning, the mantle will be wet, but the ground will be dry. And when he woke up, that's what it was. Well, he prayed again. He said, God, now if this is really your will, when I wake up in the morning, the ground's going to be wet, but the mantle will be dry. And that's the way it was. So he knew then that that was God's will. Now some people might say that <clears throat> that's not a very good way to pray. You know, that doesn't take much faith to see something like that. But you know, sometimes you need some sort of confirmation from God. When, when you pray in that kind of a manner, God sees the diligence. He sees that you are diligently seeking His will. Now we read a scripture a couple weeks ago. I'm going to read it to you again. <clears throat> it's in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Now, it doesn't say He's a rewarder of those that find Him. It said He rewards those that seek Him. Diligently seek Him. Now, let's think about that. You know, it's 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 easy for us to seek God for a few minutes. It's easy to say, okay, God, I want your will for my life. And then go on and do whatever else we were doing. But diligently seeking God is something that's a little different. It takes a little bit different level of commitment. Just like this commitment that Elisha showed when he continued to stay with Elijah. Even after he told him, now look, you stay here. I'm going to go on, but you stay here. And he said, no, I ain't staying here. I'm going with you. Because I know there ain't nothing for me here. But there's something for me if I follow you. See, I think Elisha realized that Elijah was fixing to be gone. He had a position in this world. And there needed to be somebody that was going to fill that position. I think Elisha saw that, and he wanted to be that one that was going to fill that position. Amen. Now, what would have happened if Elisha would have said, man, it's been nice knowing you. You've got a long journey today, but I'll see you on the other side. Would he? you think he would have got the blessing? Do you think he would have received that double portion? Do you think he would have seen... Twice the miracles performed in his life that Elijah had performed? No, he never would have. You know, as as Christians, as members of this community, we can sit idly by saying we want God's will for our life. But if we're not going to diligently seek God's will, if we're not going to be diligent about our methods of seeking God's will. You know, it's one thing to seek God's will, but to actually take some steps to make sure His will is being performed, it's two different things. You know, I think seeking God's will can kind of be equated to an Easter egg hunt. I watch little kids, they'll walk around. Boy, they're looking for those eggs. They're especially looking for the, the little plastic ones that may have some candy or money or something in them. They really don't want them real eggs too much. But, but you know, they can walk by them eggs and see one and keep walking. If they don't ever bend down to pick that egg up and put it in their basket, what was the point? y'all hear me this morning? We can seek God's will all day long. But if we walk right past what His will is, what good did it do us to look for it? Now, if you know what God's will is for your life, but you don't do anything about it, what's the point in seeking it? You're not being diligent. You're diligently looking, but you're not willing to put any of that faith into action. James told us that faith without works is dead. There has got to be a reason why you're seeking. You know, I thought of something else. I thought of, you know, I just told you that I think Elisha knew that since Elijah was going to be gone, he was going to have to take his place. I've noticed that God really never... Now, I'm not talking about every instance, but I'm talking about when there is a work to be done and God has someone in place to do that work, He will never remove someone when that work is not completed without replacing them with somebody else. So, Elisha could have just sat back. He could have just done whatever else he felt like doing. But he wanted to see God's will done. He wanted to see his life used for God's will. I think when God sees that kind of diligence, He'll bless it. You know that... Last scripture I read, you he says He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. Now think about that. He, he will reward you for your effort. Amen, amen. You know, a lot of times we get this attitude as a Christian that God don't owe us anything. That we just need to be working and, and don't worry about any reward or anything. Well, you know, it's hard to stay motivated when you ain't concerned about a reward. God understands that. You know, God designed us. He built us. He knows what kind of desires men have. When I say men, I mean that all-inclusive. He would not have designed us with that need for a reward unless He was willing to provide the reward. You know, I think a reward is something that we should expect. Now, I'm not one of these prosperity preachers. I'm not somebody that's going to tell you, you pray and ask God and He's just going to flood you with money. That ain't what I'm trying to tell you this morning. I'm trying to tell you that it's okay to expect God to fulfill His Word. Amen. If He says He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him, let me tell you, if you want a reward, you better be diligently seeking Him. Because that's what His Word says. It goes two ways. Not only is He going to reward you, but you better be diligently seeking Him to expect that reward. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> so how do we use that? What, what, what do we need to do different? Man, I don't know. I think we've we talked about this a lot lately. I'm really ready to move on to some other things, but until God gives me something different, I ain't got nothing else to talk about. We're lazy. I said we. (laughs) Man, I I am the chiefest of laziers. (laughs) Um, We're lazy. We want to come home from work and do what we want to do because we've been working all day. You know, the other day, me and my wife took some food to some people, and you know, I already knew this was coming. She'd already prepared me. She prepared me this time. She didn't spring it on me. She told me, look, we're going to take food to somebody tonight. Okay. So I'm prepared mentally now. I don't know about y'all, but I've got little routines. When you start messing up my routines, it just throws my system all out of whack. <clears throat> so she had prepared me. So I come home and, man, I'm tired, you know. I got. She's got this box, this tall. This wide full of food, and this thing's heavy. and I towed all this out to the truck. I've got to come back and forth five or six different times loading all these bags of clothes and everything else. <clears throat> the first things that come into my mind is, I would rather be sitting in my chair. But you know when, when you get there and you start unloading all this stuff into these people's car, And they just see you keep making these trips back and forth, still unloading stuff. And you see the look on their face and the words from their mouth, it makes it worthwhile. Now, I'm I'm a lazy person. I ain't going to lie to you. I'm lazy. I would rather do nothing than do something. But to get a little taste of that, to see, you know, that, that that's my reward right there. I don't know, God may bless me later on, for I'm not worried about it. Enough to see how those people reacted. To see the excitement on these kids' face when you give them a pair of used shoes. You know, they may not have been very used, I don't know. They may not have ever been worn, but it's not like we just went to the store and bought them. And to hand somebody some jackets that... Are basically hand-me-downs. And to see excitement on their face about it. It kind of makes me realize that maybe I'm not doing what I ought to be doing. Maybe I spend too much time thinking about what Kevin wants. Instead of trying to help somebody else. Am I really diligently seeking what God's wanting me to do? Or am I just spending time paying lip service to God? When I pray and I say, God, I don't want nothing but your will for my life, do I really mean that? Am I really seeking God's will for my life, or am I just saying what I know I ought to say? I'm going to let you answer that for yourself. But I know I spend too much time myself. I really do want God's will for my life. But, am I willing to make the sacrifices that need to be made? You know, that was a sacrifice for Elisha. To have to walk all day long with Elijah. I'm sure there's other things he would rather have been doing. It was a sacrifice for Jesus. You know, this is the... Christmas season. I'm not one of those kind of people that preaches something because I ought to. So don't don't get used to expecting to hear a Christmas message when it's Christmas or an Easter message when it's Easter. If that's what God lays on my heart, that's what we'll we'll talk about. But it was a sacrifice for Jesus all through His life. You know, Jesus didn't spend any time really in comfort. He didn't even have a house. He just went. From place to place. How much of a sacrifice was it when when He took those beatings and when He hung on that cross? You know, I'm not trying to pull on your heartstrings this morning. What I want you to know, though, is that a lot of times the things we think we're sacrificing really ain't that much of a sacrifice. Amen. Amen. When, it, when, when it comes down to it, I'm still going to go home tonight. And sleep in my warm bed, gonna have the heat on. I'm not I'm gonna to be totally comfortable. So whatever little bit I sacrifice during the day may not be as big a sacrifice as I think it is at the time. You know, I heard a guy talk one time about some sacrifices he made. He he had bought this new vehicle. I can't remember exactly how exactly how all the story went, but he bought this new van and really liked the van and everything. And <clears throat> some people came to his house wanting to know if he'd he'd sell the van to them. And they were a Christian organization traveling on the road and everything. He said, no, I ain't, you know I just got it. I ain't gonna sell my van. And the guy said, well, if you change your mind, here's my here's my number and everything. <clears throat> so he went back in the house and. He sat down to watch TV, and he's having this discussion with God. and He says, God, those people are crazy. thinking. I'm thinking I'm going to sell my van, and I just bought it. And God, I don't want to sell my van. God starts laying on his heart that he needs to sell this van. Well, he ends up giving the van to the people. And he did this three or four different times, just giving stuff away. He didn't really want to, but he, he was diligently seeking God for his life. He, he really wanted to see God's will accomplished. And when God lays something on your heart like that, it may be a big sacrifice. God may ask you to give your TV to somebody that don't have one. I don't know. I'm just talking. The point is, those things that we have that are so nice and so comfortable, they're so nice to look at, so nice to have, You can get by without them. And you know, a lot of that stuff, if I were to give it up tomorrow, I wouldn't even hardly be thinking much about it. That stuff that we cling on to is not nearly as important as we think it is. So, I don't know. I don't know exactly what we've got to do, but I think we need to pay closer attention to how diligently we really are seeking God. It's so easy to think we are doing something we're not really doing. If y'all would stand with me.